0: Hi there, Let's Talk Sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of our Let's Talk Sports roundtable. I'm joined by a new voice in the community, Ashton Nix. Thanks for joining me today to talk sports.
1: Yeah, I've been looking forward to this all week.
0: Um, Yeah, same here. So, Ashton... um, Manx's own content, which we'll get to in a minute. I believe he will also write some um, articles or blogs in the group as we go forward. But before we get started, um, if you tell everyone a little bit about the content you provide and why they should be checking it out.
1: Yeah, my main reason for being here is I host a podcast called The Sports Page, that started out as a live uh, radio show a few years ago, and, and we moved to uh, from Joe Co Radio to Next Gen Media. Now we're a podcast on Christ Geo Media Network, uh, and you can check that out if you know just sh- search on it, social media at Sports Page Radio, and you can uh, find links to all that. Uh, we started out as a local show here in Dallas Fort Worth, and now we're we're kind of a national podcast talking about all sports. Um, everywhere.
0: Yeah, and no, please um do um everyone check it out. I will share link in the group once this episode's over. As we always say, um if you like the content Ashton provides today, you love his own content and we try to help each other grow. Um was there something what made you want to get into the podcast uh, slash um radio area, was it just a love of sports or did your major aspect sort of really call out to you as well?
1: So a little background on me. Um, I'm 32 right now. That's how old I am. And back my senior year in high school, uh, high school, my parents kind of pushed me to go to broadcasting school because they, they just thought I had a lot of knowledge in sports <clears throat> And back then, my limited knowledge was, I, I guess I'll go be on ESPN. I'm, I'm not sure uh, how much there is out there. And this is right around, I think, when podcasting came out and there was some internet radio. And that, So really, there was just regular radio and TV. Uh, and man, it, it, it's gone from doing internships at radio stations to doing weekend shows, uh, writing sports articles, all kinds of uh, all kinds of different positions, uh, unpaid internships, all culminating to to now where, yeah, like you said, I, I'm I'm trying to help. Let's talk sports out and writing some articles. I have uh, my sports podcast, and I also have another podcast that I do. It's a small business entrepreneur podcast called the Business and Beyond Podcast. Uh, but it's it's kind of just starting a little bit, learning more stuff and moving on to what i think or feel like i can do and yeah it's a long answer for just to basically confirm what you asked yeah it it basically started with my love of sports
0: yeah i mean it's interesting not like with let's talk sports the main thing is obviously sports but i do find it nice sometimes whereas we do do just sports shows with interviews with different just fans, or even uh, some ex professionals, just digging into what their sporting interests is and their background, how they picked up sports. So it's nice to have that sort of question um, area around the sports as well. I do find.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know what it's like to, you know, whether it's uh, starting a new page, writing articles, or a sports show or a podcast. Uh, how you can get a lot of really good information out there, and you feel like you're doing a good job. It's just getting, getting it out there and having people hear it. And um, it can be, it can be really counterproductive to to focus too much on ratings. And uh, I realize there's probably a lot of new sports shows out there that are affiliated with less talk. Let's talk sports. And you know, I'm just putting it out there. If anybody wants to come on my show, be interviewed. Uh, whatever you do, you have your own show, you write, uh, like you said, ex professional. We're always looking for people who who we can interview on our show to help bring better content to our listeners. So, yeah, just reach out to me. Um, I assume you'll have all my links uh, tagged here. Yeah. So, anybody listening wants to reach out to me, we can get something set up as well.
0: Yeah, and everyone, please do in the community. I always try open with collaborating with different people because the reality is one of the ways to grow is like people on this network obviously bring their people in and we each bring each other people in and that's a way to, if you're sending a similar message, then your fan bases will respond to each other's content, I do Yes. Um, so before we get to, um, the mouths is this, um, any plans or aims for the future for your content creating, or pretty much just keep doing what you're doing and um, seeing where it takes you uh,
1: right now? That's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm just, I have my co uh, host Chris Robb, a uh, former professional football player, and actually, he's still a professional football player because now he's playing in uh, the fan controlled football league. But uh, we're just going to go with the flow with this new network around Geo Media Network. Uh, they have big plans for us, but we're, we're just going to experiment with a few things and see what holds, what gets people listening, and, and just kind of go from there. But right now, other than writing some articles and doing this podcast and my other podcast, uh, I think we're pretty much set for now.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. And everyone, keep your eye out for... And what Ashton's doing, sir. Um I know you um do a lot of content around the Mavs. Um, what's your thoughts on the um season so far? I think it's interesting. at the start of the season I really weren't sure what to expect from them just because the change of coach and last year was definitely an up and down year to a certain extent, but I think it's To be honest, it's gone about as well as I'm sure most fans would have expected. They're um, in a sort of very good winning position, and I'm intrigued to see how the back end of this season pans out for them.
1: Yeah, no. If you're a fan of the maps, I mean, do you have any complaints right now? It's 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 gone way better than we've expected. And I don't know what the national perception is on it, but coming in, we all knew uh, Luka was going to be good. Uh, he had looked like some weight issues at the beginning, and he he had a couple injuries where he he was gone for a while, and the Mavs did okay without him, and then he comes back just MVP form, it seems like. Uh, and then the big question was, could Porzingis stay healthy and on the court? And he did stay healthier than we thought. He, he was doing good for a while. And then, you know, a bombshell trade, not many fans liked it, but it's, it certainly seems like it's working out at least with Dinwiddie playing. Yeah, you can, you can look at it that, Hey, he's on the court. He's actually playing right now as Porzingis was injured most of the time, but the last few games, he's, he's been doing great. Um, like I said, Luke is on another level. You're getting a lot of role players involved and you know people are kind of blossoming and, and and turning into form what you think they should be uh and and they're only the fifth seed right now and that's really because everybody in the west is doing really good right now at least in the top half so it's hard to gain ground because they've been about a game and a half back of utah for a week two weeks now um but You know, Right now, they're playing Utah on Monday. I'm going to be there at the the American Airlines Center to watch it. And uh, that's traditionally, the last few years, been a bad matchup for them. For whatever reason, they just don't play well against Utah, or they just can't beat them. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, uh, Jason Kidd coming in, I was a little skeptical. Uh, Rick Carlisle is a great coach, but we're kind of moving into a different era of basketball where it's a lot more on the players and you need more of a coach who jives with the players a little better. And I mean, Rick Carlisle is a great coach, but you know, I don't think he was going to change into, in that aspect. And you can kind of see with Indiana, he's not having a huge success over there. Uh, But I I don't think it's crazy to say Jason Kidd right now should be getting looks for coach of the year with what he's done with the Mavs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I find it interesting. And I agree with you, um, the Pasinga's thing was a bit weird. To me, I have a sort of um, love-hate relationship with Pasinga's being a Knicks uh, fan. Um, to me, even when he was, like, at the Knicks and doing well, my biggest problem with him is he is a... For a guy his size you I want him to be more aggressive and he never quite is that if that makes sense uh, it's one of those where I can see why people like his size and call him the unicorn if you will but if he's that big you've got to be aggressive and I don't think he ever necessarily is I think the outside perspective of him have a higher seed than what he is he's not a bust or anything like that but that contract what he was on was yeah not great for the man. he
1: he was when he played he was good he kind of fell into form and for a while there he was averaging 20 points getting 10 rebounds which is great What, what else would you want from a player but he was on a max contract so you really needed him to do a lot more and play a lot more and you know, I think a lot of the physicality was uh, whether it's mental or he just knows his body. He wants to extend his career, you know, and and play another seven to ten years if possible. And with his in, with his uh, injury history, that's probably not going to be the case if he's going to be real physical. But the position sort of calls for it when you're a seven three seven four. That's what you have to do. Yeah,
0: um, I agree. Um, So you mentioned the trade earlier. I I found an interesting move from Washington's point of view. Dimbri had had quite a good season for them, and especially if you add the bill injury, it seemed like a bit of a strange move for them. I think the biggest thing was, certainly if you believe reports, and I've been told by some reporters that him and Bradley Bill just weren't meshing personality wise. So I think that's part of the thing just to placate Bill and also to move Manley around because it's expected whether he, uh, Bradley Bill's a long term uh, in Washington, that to do that deal they've got to move Manley around. So I found it an interesting move from their point of view. From the Mavs point of view, they've got a great player who can contribute to this playoff run. Um, It adds a bit of um, shooting and just playmaking. So I think I'm intrigued to see how this plays out for them. On the other side, what has been your reaction to Adam Burton? Because I know some fans didn't like the move. His numbers hasn't been great, but... um, I guess the bonus is essentially you're trading uh, uh, Pasinga's contract for his contract, but two years less. So I guess that is his biggest value. I think he probably will come good to a certain standard, but he's not going to be like a mid-20s, um a night guy. I always think, whereas he will have his moments, he'll be a 15 to 20 guy, but it's just if they can get the best out of him
1: no i mean like i said i'm not sure what the national perspective is on the mavs all the time and really the Mavs, from the fans point of view have have been shopping porzingis for a while now just trade them while you can it really doesn't matter get what you can uh we thought he could get a little bit more than this but uh that's what the mavs got and like i said we were, were a little indifferent at best about the trade uh, Dinwiddie was obviously going to be a good player, uh, that we thought even after his injury, but, uh, we didn't really know what to make of Britanns and uh, he's been okay. He's had some good nights and then other nights are just aren't, aren't him. I mean, he's, he's definitely a role player for us, but yeah, I think we were excited to get out of the Porzingis, uh, contract. And, and it's funny that you mentioned from Washington's point of view trying to move money around because when we made this trade, that's what we thought about the Mavs it was like, well, we take Porzingis' contract, basically split it into two players that are easier to move on from sooner. So, you know, overall, it's not a bad trade for the Mavs, but again, we're, we have this window that Luca is here and we want to keep him here and try to win while he's here. So we, we looked at it as for this year, it seemed like a step back when the trade happened um, uh, for this season and long-term it was better off. But you know, I think it was a little bit of the same here in Dallas with uh, Porzingis and Luca not really getting along. I mean, they played well together, and and I think Luca was uh, was understanding. He had to be professional about it and and not make a big deal like you know James Harden makes a big deal like Durant makes a big deal about things like this. Uh, maybe LeBron and Westbrook are making a big deal about it right now. Uh, so we were kind of surprised. We didn't know what to make of it. Were Porzingis and Luca feuding? What do they just not like each other? And uh, apparently, after the trade happened, you know, Luca goes off and scores. I don't know how many he scored—51 points, something like that. His career high, uh, and he's just been on fire ever since. And it looks like it's going to help the Mavs out for, like you said, their playoff run this year.
0: Yeah. Audrey, I mean, it's interesting everyone looked at them as uh, they both come from Europe the fits there they'll get on great, yeah. but just because uh, you both come from Europe don't mean your personalities necessary necessary, it doesn't work like that I, I thought they had a the chemistry issue from the beginning mm-hmm. and to be honest with you, I think Luca maybe did have issues with uh, Pasinga's lack of aggressiveness. I don't know, but that's just how I saw it as an outsider. Um, Before we talk about expectations for this playoff run, uh, one storyline once you get to the end of the season will be Jalen Bronson, um, restricted free agent, had a very good season. Is he someone you think the team can resign um or do you feel that he'll um ask for too much and some team will pay him that he may end up walking
1: yeah that's that's the fear we're all dealing with right now and like here in here in dallas with the cowboys with, we're right in the middle of it with a lot of players uh being over the cap already and you know i think I know we'll talk about it in a minute, but I really think it has to do with how well they do in the playoffs. Um, If they get close, you know, they make a run deep and make it to the Western Conference Finals. You know, I think you do whatever you can to keep this team together because you're so close. Uh, But if, you know, they just sort of flame out and one and done like they have been the last few years, uh, maybe you take a deeper look and say, hey, you know, we we're not exactly in a great cap position right now. So we need to add serious players serious depth. Uh, can we afford to do this? Because I mean, we all know traditionally Mark Cuban's not good in the draft and you almost would rather just trade the draft picks away and go get players like Porzingis, Uh Cause we all thought that was a great trade, even though we gave up so many draft picks, we thought, well, Mark Cuban's going to, going to blow it anyways. He's not going to, going to draft good players. I mean, outside of Luca, there's not, uh, a, there's, he doesn't have a great history in the draft. And uh, I think it's, we'll have to wait and see. And hopefully, uh, Brunson kind of, you know, realizes his role with the Mavs, how good it is, and he can maybe take, take a team friendly deal.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting because last year, um, and the situations are comparable. Everyone said, um, campaign obviously at the Suns. Oh, he'll get too much money, he'll walk. But he did take that sort of team friendly deal. He still got paid, but it was team friendly. And again, with um Jackson, it with the Clippers, so you just don't know what will happen. Everyone figured that someone would uh, pay too much, but. It depends what they value, being a contender or getting paid. And I guess it, how the season plays out will be interesting. I know one topic of discussing with Bronson, as a New York Knicks fan, he's been linked to the Knicks a lot just because there's so much connections with Bronson's family, with Leon yeah. Rose and the Knicks. So I personally think he'll either resign with the Mavs or... That the Knicks, if they move pieces around probably could match what is and they might be desperate enough uh, with how the season's played out and let's be honest they've needed a point guard for a decade or more so it, that may be removed because Leon Rose is in a situation where I think he's getting some criticism with how the roster was built and he's been there long enough that he has to make moves. So I could see him seeing Bronson as an option because he wouldn't necessarily have to give up any trade capital unless it's a sign and trade. And then it doesn't handcuff you in the draft to reach for a player.
1: Yeah. If Brunson resigns with the Mavs, it's not going to be from a lack of interest from other teams. Um, we saw last year Brunson was really an uh, off-the-bench type player, uh, because the role they use Luca in more as a point guard. And now this year they're kind of shifting them around where Luca's playing off the ball. So Brunson and Luca are on the court a lot more at the same time. So Brunson, uh, the, the national perception and national media are getting to see what Brunson looks like where we, you know, the last few years, we all really knew what Brunson was. He was kind of coming into his own, um, and this year he's been great. We're not really surprised, you know, insiders for Mavs and Mavs fans. But, yeah, that now he, his stock's just gone up this year, being able to play a lot more and start a lot more than he has in previous years. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um So before we um, touch on uh, March Madness, what's your expectations for the Mavs? Going forward, Um, I think it's interesting to me as an outsider, obviously, playoffs. And I think the aim has to be get um, a series win and then see where it takes you. Obviously, as you saw last year with the Suns and other teams, you just, once you're in there, you don't know who will get. Um, hot, so you see where it takes you, but I think the expectations has to get get through round one, and then we'll see.
1: Yeah, and it, it, expectations raise uh, rise up when when they play really well. Uh Like Lucas' first year, like we were surprised they got it in the playoffs, and they made it to six games against the Clippers last year. We were surprised they made it to Game Seven, but then. Uh, well actually they had a three-2 lead and then they made it to game seven and we were kind of disappointed they didn't make get it to the second round even though we didn't think it was possible um and now you know the pressure's on at minimum they have to make it to the second round uh, we've seen them go to the playoffs it's it, it's a given it, we're not impressed by playoffs anymore you know get get as high C as you can and try to get to the second round and then we'll talk um, if they, they struggle to get out of the first round, then we're like, okay, it's a successful season. <laughs> it, you know, if they go and whoever they play in the first round, whatever their matchup is, if, if they win in five games, so maybe our expectations are higher and we want to see them go all the way, but it, you know, at minimum, it's just simply get out of the first round, see where we're at and, and kind of go from there. Yeah, because this is 100. a young team and uh, but we only have so much of Luca left where we know, that players will go to LA and Miami and New York, and and not that Dallas is a small market by any means, but for some reason it's just been one of those uh, one of those things that in the NBA in basketball, especially in free agency, it's it's been like Dallas is Cleveland or or Milwaukee. It's hard to get players to come here, and outside of Dirk, which you, you just can't compare anybody to Dirk and his loyalty. Uh, you just hope that Luca has a little bit of that. And, and and I I feel like if the Mavs don't at least make it to a finals in this current contract he's in, he might be leaving.
0: Yeah, Audrey, I think personally at the release, he wants to see them being aggressive and bringing people in. So uh, I think they've tried to, like with the P- Pacingas thing, but it ain't necessarily panned out. But he's uh to want more than... Well, we tried, so it will be an interesting year or so. Um, just uh, moving on to March Madness, and one thing I know you um, cover with uh, Duke a bit and obviously root for them. Do you feel they're a little bit underrated going into the tournament?
1: Uh, well, I'm, I'm a Duke fan, and I, I can't tell you how long I've been a Duke fan. Uh, somewhat back in the nineties, when I was a kid, we had a video game and coach K was on the cover or he was like the main theme of this, this video game, um, whatever year it was, but I was young, maybe five, six, seven years old. And ever since then, Duke has been my team. It's been really weird. And so I'm really critical of them. And I think that they are better than their record shows. And uh, if you look back, every single one of their losses, they have led uh, with less than ten minutes in the second half. So, uh, every game has been close. They've just given it away. the uh, they have about I think they have five losses right now. Uh, and it's been frustrating. It's teams like Ohio State, Virginia. it's they'll just give it up in the end, and I just feel like this is a, a special team if they can just learn to close they're either going to blow you out or they're going to play a close game and lose it in the end. And uh, it's, from my point of view, I think it's one of the better Duke teams in the last few years. I mean, they just clinched the regular season, ACC, uh, ACC championship. That was the first time they've done that since 2010. Um, Obviously last year, they didn't even make the tournament, but it was a weird year after, You know, the previous year before that, they canceled the tournament. We have COVID. All these restrictions uh, early on in the season, their team was just decimated by COVID. So they had a slow start. Uh, So I think there's a lot of fan, what do you call it, craziness or anticipation for the tournament this year just because 2020 no tournament last year was a weird tournament. And uh, I think people are ready to see – nor, you know, get back to normal with this, and Duke, I think, has just as good a chance with anybody as anybody. They can they can play with anybody, but there's also something you know weird about this team where, uh, if you're you know they play they play very well against you know, lesser teams, but if you're a pretty good team, you know, ranked in there between 15 and 20, 25, you you have just as good a chance to beat Duke as they do to beat you. Uh, it's weird, but obviously it's Coach K's last year. Uh, today, actually, is his last game at Cameron Indoor, so uh, that's going to be big. You know, against North Carolina, big rival. So there's there's a lot to look forward to. Just uh, obviously today into the conference tournaments, and ultimately into the Big Dance.
0: Yeah, um, Adrian, I'm sure today will be a. Very- Emotional day for him and the fan base for that. Matter. Um, before we um wrap things up, the last question I wanted to ask you is: um, as a Duke fan, I'm sure you've monitored at least to some degree R.J. Barrett's career. How do you have you viewed him um well his career, but especially this season? To me, um, he's really elevated his game this year. I've always been a big R.J. fan, not just because of his play and like. I think it's unfortunate that they ain't done the best um, job at surrounding him with talent. I do think they're, they're in danger of racing in his um, young years, if you will. But I'm looking at him growing. He's a bigger leader than Juris Rander, which is something I always value about him. But I think he has it in him to just be a pure scorer. And he does play defence as well. So... I'm excited about the prospect, and to be honest, he's the only reason to watch the Knicks at the moment. Yeah, I the
1: the, the Knicks kind of have the at least from my point of view, uh the same kind of uh concept for the Cowboys. I mean they haven't had the success recently. I mean, not the Cowboys success recently, I just mean the 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 championships of the nineties for the Cowboys, but uh, the Knicks have had a couple of championships, which I'm surprised they've only, they've only had two when uh, you know, the, the expectations are always so high for the Knicks, just like the Cowboys. I mean, Cowboys, it's always super bowl or bust every year. Uh, at least from the fans point of view, they hold them to higher standard uh, and just growing up the standard of the Knicks seemed like that was it. It was championship or bust most years. And, you know, I, th- I guess it's just cause it's New York. I thought, you know, they had a lot of championships and, you know, I, th- I think it's really interesting that uh, New York, they're always kind of, yeah you know, they're rebuilding, but they're always kind of have one step out where they can, they could blow it up at any second and go sign all these free agents. And uh, you know, they're willing to, and, and, and I, you know, not for a lack of trying, I think they really do try to get out of this where they're not wasting uh, you know, wasting careers and have really young talents. And uh, what was it, a couple of years ago, they thought they were going to have uh, Durant. And I don't even remember. They were about to have a big three. And then Durant went to Golden State and it kind of fell apart. Uh, or no, go, go, he was in Golden State. He went to Brooklyn and it kind of fell apart. And uh, LeBron, every time LeBron is in free agency, he's rumored to be there. So the Knicks, you know, I feel like, At any point, can uh, can be contenders just because their their ability to draw free agents. I mean, they Derek Rose, Carmelo Anthony. It just doesn't. It's not working out. Have working out like they've wanted it to. And uh, I think when the Knicks contend again, whether it's you know in a couple years or longer, I don't necessarily think it's going to be building from the draft. You know, I think it's trades and free agent signs, and they're just going to have to do a lot of teams doing the NBA now and and build a team outside the draft.
0: Yeah, Audrey. Um, And that just about wraps up today's episode. Other than, um, is there any content you've got about to drop? And is there social media like Twitter account where people can follow you?
1: Yeah, whatever social media accounts you you like to use i have you know facebook twitter instagram uh tiktok just just search ashton at ashton is all of them um i will pop up and i think i have the same picture on all of them if y'all want to see uh if that helps find it easier but i don't know any other ashton and uh, i am working on a mavs article that's going to be uh, posted on let's talk sports uh probably early next week
0: Okay, um, and everyone will look forward to it, I'm sure. Um, Thank you for joining me today. and I'd love to have you on the show sometime in the future.
1: Absolutely, this was fun.
0: Okay, thanks for that. Ashton, thank you to everyone for joining us. And all what remains is for me to thank you for watching us. And until next time, let's talk sport fans.